0: Hello, and welcome to NANCAST. I'm Jill, your host. As NICU nurses, family-centered care is a goal we all strive to achieve. Even though research shows that family integration in care lends itself to multiple beneficial effects for both parents and infants, including lowering stress levels and improving neurobehavioral outcomes for infants. However, the implementation of family-centered care is not a standardized practice in NICUs. How can we, as NICU nurses, bring family-centered care into our NICU and change the narrative of working with families rather than just doing it to or for them? To provide insight into family-centered care, I am joined by Dr. Malati Balisandram, Clinical Associate Professor of Pediatrics Neonatal Developmental Medicine at Stanford School of Medicine, who built a comprehensive family-centered care program in her NICU. With this knowledge and experience from her unit, she is spearheading the FCC task force, which aims to educate, create guidelines, and facilitate unit-based interventions in the NICU to promote family-centered care. I am also joined by Luann Jones, NAN Board of Director, Secretary-Treasurer, and NAN's liaison to the FCC task force. NAN is dedicated to this collaboration to raise awareness and spread information to help bring family-centered care back to the forefront. Let's get right into it. I'm sure we've all heard of family-centered care and have seen it in the literature, and we probably all have a different vision of what family-centered care looks like and a perception of how it's used in our unit. Tell us what an effective family-centered care looks like in a NICU.
1: Thanks, Jill. That's a wonderful way to start this uh, conversation. Um, First, I wanted to thank you for inviting me to share my passion. Um, It's an honor to be part of this uh, podcast. Your podcast is one of my favorites and I listen to it uh, to know what my nursing colleagues are listening to. So thank you for the invitation. So let's um, talk about what is family-centered care. So family-centered care in the NICU is an approach to promoting parental participation in the planning and delivery of the infant's care. So which ultimately improve the uh, overall healthcare outcomes. So it's basically what the one way of saying it is a family-centered care is working with families rather than just doing to or for them. I can share the, elaborate the family-centered care, which has a four um, core components um, of family-centered care. From the Institute for Parent, Patient and Family-Centered Care, they put together this core components. It focuses on respect and dignity. So as healthcare practitioners, we have to listen to and honor patient and family perspectives and choices. And the number two is information sharing. So healthcare practitioners communicate and share complete and unbiased information with patients and families. And third is a participation. How we can encourage families to participate in their infant's care. And the fourth one is collaboration. So that's where we are really behind. So how we can encourage the families to collaborate with the healthcare um, leaders in policy development or program development and implementation and evaluation and even the professional education and research. So that's the area we are way behind. So these four components should be the uh, core concept of family-centered care.
0: I like how you said that we're doing something for the family instead of to the family. And I agree with the four components. I think a lot of NICU nurses focus on the participation. So the parents come in, hey, do you want to take a temperature, change the diaper? And that's our interpretation of what family-centered care is. And we don't always think of you know, how I, how is I, how am I sharing this information? How am I giving the parents updates? And then most importantly, what you said is the collaboration, because in a lot of NICUs, that's not there because that's such a switch and change in culture. And to have parents being actively involved in their parent, are their baby's plan of care and to be participating in making those decisions um, every day instead of like you said we're doing this to your baby what how can we incorporate you to be a care partner with us instead of just a a parent
1: that's absolutely right Jill yes that's where we have to focus on our um, what is that how we can collaborate with the family partners yeah
0: so because of those findings and you realizing that there is such a deficit in the collaboration is that What caused you to form um, Family-Centered Care Task Force and to look further into that?
1: So that's one of the Uh, reasons. Definitely that's one of the reasons because there is no collaboration happening between the healthcare partners and family partners. So that's the reason I formed the Family-Centered Care Task Force. Um, so the one, um, I, I've been a family-centered care committee chair in my local NICU for the past uh, six years, and I just wanted to hear from my colleagues in a trainees and early career neonatologist. That's the group in American Academy of Pediatrics and section of neonatal, perinatal medicine. So we have a, a fellows and early career neonatologists who finish the fellowship seven years out from the fellowship. They go into that category. So when I reached out to them in summer of 2021, and I asked them whether they have a family-centered care committee in their unit, and I was surprised to hear there's only out of 48 responses, only 35%, that's 17 centers, they have established a family-centered care committee in their unit. So 65%, either they don't have one or they are not aware of um, the existence of FCC committees. So which made us to, made me to think maybe I built this this has to be expanded to the national level. Like we have to initiate why it's not happening, how we can improve, how we can change the culture. So that's the main focus of this task force initiation.
0: It's great that it's coming from a different discipline than just nursing and to be able to educate um, medical providers about the importance of family-centered care because all too often I think nurses feel that it's on them to provide family-centered care and don't necessarily, we live in our little silo and don't think about how our providers are also supposed to be focusing on family-centered care. Because again, we're interdisciplinary and like you said, we need to collaborate. Um, So it's kind of upsetting to hear that so many units don't even have any kind of family-centered care program.
1: Yeah, that's exactly true, Jill. Um, During the fellowship, uh, we learned about uh, pathophysiology and management of the complex diseases. But I don't know about the family-centered care, what it is, and uh, what are the core concepts of family-centered care. But after becoming the family-centered care chair as an early career neonatologist, collaboration with the parents on the family advisory board my perspective on parent involvement and communication with parents has changed. So that's the reason I wanted to focus on this training and early career neonatologist in addition to the other healthcare partners like nursing colleagues and physical therapists and other interdisciplinary way of connecting people and bring them together in this task
0: force. What made you decide to develop this task force after you've done all this research? Um- with the fellows, the up and coming fellows, and how you found out that there was such a lack of education in this area.
1: You can ask why there are so many other organizations out there focusing on um, family empowerment and everything. Why do we need this family-centered care task force, right? So when I was preparing for this uh, presentation uh, uh, about the family-centered care, I just did a quick PubMed search, and it showed close to 200,000 Publications related to family-centered care since 1953 and is actually increasing in the past decade. But many professional organizations, uh, including the veterans NICU Parent, are nonprofit organizations, put together policies and guidelines to create the opportunities for family empowerment in the NICU. Despite this, the progress of this family-centered care. It's not reaching out to the bedside. It's not reaching out to the bedside provider in the NICU. So why is it? So because the FCC is a culture change. As you mentioned, it's a culture change in the NICU, right? So the implementation can be challenging because it involves the shift in the healthcare provider's role from caregiver to a mentor. So you just mentor their families and help being an advisor for this family. So you're taking away that role of uh, I can do this. And then parents are here just to just watching. But you have to change that mindset. So that is the culture change that we are working towards um, getting through this task force.
0: Mentor. What a great way to describe um, a health partner is I'm your mentor. I'm going to teach you how to care for this baby and to provide all of the best outcomes possible because we know that just spending a little bit of time with a family, how that can just ease their anxiety, um, their stress level. And when moms and dads are less anxious and less stressed, you know that the baby's going to know that and they're going to do much better. Um, so we've all seen it. We've, we've all seen putting a baby skin to skin, taking that time to do that, how that helps, helps the baby. They have a mom that's calm. Like it's so effective. And I think if we do it as more as I am your mentor and we're working together, um, instead of sometimes I feel like it's the parents want to come in and hold. And then the nurse is like, no, you can't not today. Um, but no, we're gonna we're gonna work this we're gonna work through this together, and we're gonna come to the best time that we can give kangaroo care, or what's the best time for us to do a bath? Um, all of that. What's the best time for you to meet with the doctors to discuss what's the next steps?
1: So Luan can explain more about this. It's like a you can see the difference between the seasoned nursing staff taking care of the babies, and then the new graduates taking care of the babies. You know, there's a. Very different. So that's what we wanted to. So, some they are doing it as a part of their, like, okay, this is how I practice. This is the family centered care. But some that we needed to educate yeah, them. And I
2: think that mentor aspect is a key reason why maybe we're seeing family centered care um, not really take hold in the NICU environment right now. We do have a lot of new, inexperienced NICU nurses. Um, out in the healthcare uh, setting right now due to the nursing shortage and nursing turnover that we're all struggling with. And um, in order to feel like you can be a mentor, you've gotta be confident in in yourself and confident in the care that you're providing as a bedside nurse. And I do think that's probably where some of the disconnect is coming from and that our new NICU nurses, whether they be new grads or maybe experienced nurses who are just new to the NICU environment, they don't have that confidence level themselves. Uh, They're still learning. They're still growing. And it's quite possible that they didn't receive any education or training about family-centered care principles during their uh, quick and dirty orientation to get them really up to speed and providing safe care. So that's a contributing factor that at least I'm observing um, from where I'm at now. And it's definitely an opportunity for us to continue to raise awareness and spread education um, about family-centered care and why it's just so important.
0: And you're right. I th- Also, we have to talk about it, COVID. Um, I think that affected a lot of especially new to practice NICU nurses, because there was a time where we limited parent visitation and like maybe one parent, maybe just two at most. And you know, those nurses didn't have the exposure of having visitors all the time. And like you mentioned, the nursing shortage that happened during COVID. Um, so we were just trying to balance the everyday activities that happened just to get by. And sometimes it was hard to spend that extra time or devote that extra time to, to families um, because of the staff crunch or, you know, dealing with things revolving around uh, COVID and the changes that occurred during that too. So you know that's why a task force like this is so vital um, in our NICUs to provide that education that Lillian mentioned that is is missing or um, is not stressed during orientation in the NICU. Yeah.
2: and even for those NICUs that were practicing family-centered care, they maybe they did have a family advisory board or a family advisory committee. Well, with COVID and all of the um, hospitals shutting down to outside people. Those groups uh, really struggled to stay active and engaged because they weren't allowed on campus. Uh, A lot of those groups, including the Family Advisory Board um, in the NICU where I was the NICU director, we had to pivot to virtual meetings and those do in a pinch, but it really is hard to keep um, momentum going and engagement um, when you've had to, to switch to that virtual platform. And I think that really, for even the NICUs that were doing a lot of great family-centered care, um, that that was another component.
0: And we even went to a virtual family rounding, too, where the docs would do rounding Um, virtually with the parents. So it was, you know, that's hard. We all know it's hard to to communicate effectively um, through some kind of a virtual Zoom meeting or, or such. So, I mean, that really restricted parents' ability to collaborate with the team as well. So,
1: yeah, I just wanted to add um, as a family centered care arena, so we are trying to eliminate the word of visitors. So the parents and the families are not a visitors, they are integral part of the team members. And uh, uh, speaking of that, we actually put together the resolution and submitted to the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, um, Leadership Forum. Um, and then uh, for so the resolution uh, titled as the Parents Are families are integral part of the uh, care team. Um, so we just, uh, um, the resolution went, um, moved forward, and then they presented last week at the conference. Um, um, so it actually came from the nurse practitioner, Nicole Nyberg. Um So she is a founder and CEO of the Empowering NICU Parent. Um, so she um, actually um, presented her work related to the COVID, um, uh, how it impacted the parental presence in the NICU at the Graven's Conference. So our advocacy team from the task force uh, um, collaborated with her and we submitted the resolution to the AAP. And it created an overall great conversation about this topic last week. And unfortunately, it didn't pass um, because of the broad scope of the resolution. So they are concerned about the adolescents uh, from seeking care without parents for certain conditions. So so they don't want to include in that situation, parent as an essential care team. So we... We learned our lesson, so we just wanted to revise this resolution next year and then make it a neonatal focus so we are not extending to this adolescent or other group of kids. So we are just going to focus on the neonatal area. Um, But it created a great comment and then we received 40 comments so far for this resolution and we put it on our website. It's under um, fcctaskforce.org. So you can go and then review the um, actual uh, resolution as well as the comments that we received from healthcare partners and family partners.
0: So you have a strong incorporation of uh, parents and parent advisory boards as part of this task force. Um, can you describe the role of a family advisory board and how that um, interplays in with a the family-centered task force that you developed?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you for the question. So that's one of the key strengths of our task force. So we have equal opportunities for both healthcare partners and family partners. Actually, we wanted to, we we originally we created as a family advisory board. Then we heard from the um, family partners that we don't want it to be a passive role as an advisor. We wanted to be actively involved with your task force. So we changed us as a family partners. So they are not advisors. So they wanted to be actively involved. So they are called family partners. Um, so we have a 19 birthing and non-birthing partners, diverse background. Some, they have their own organization and some, they work in the local NICU. So they are part of our executive council. So we collaborate with the, uh, even the resolution that we collaborated with them and then put together the resolution. So it's a very active collaboration happening between the healthcare partners and family partners. That's one of the key strengths of our task force.
0: Luann, I know you have a lot of experience with family advisory boards or family advisory councils. Can you give us some insight on how to create one and how to find those parents that would be effective members? Sure.
2: So um, I was very passionate, like um, Malathi, about patient and family-centered care. So one of the first uh, things I took upon myself was to establish a family advisory council for our Level 4 NICU. Um, The first step I did was I did visit the Institute of Patient and Family-Centered Care website, uh, where there is a lot of great information about how to establish a family advisory board. So I use that kind of as an outline um, to get started. Uh, it also helped that my uh, the children's hospital where I was uh, located had already established a, a parent advisory board at the hospital level, but there had not been one established for the NICU specifically. And as we all know, the NICU is a very unique patient population. So I took what I learned from the website and also from the Family Advisory Board already established and uh, just jumped right in. Uh, And in in terms of uh, recruiting parents, uh, what I did was reach out to the nursing staff uh, and our medical team, our discharge coordinators, um, and just asked uh, families who have been recently discharged within the last one to two years, Who do you think would make a great family advisory board member? And here are some key uh, attributes that we would like to see. Someone who was very actively involved in their child's care. Uh, They were a great advocate for their child. They had good communication skills and it didn't take very long for me to get a long list of parents Um, and then i just uh, started going through the list i reached out to each one via phone and email uh, introduced the um, the idea of a family advisory council outlined kind of what their commitment would be in terms of number of meetings per year and it would be a two-year term uh, and outlined kind of what we hope to achieve that we wanted family parent input on a lot of key initiatives. Um, and we wanted them to, you know, give us their their perspective as a parent. Um, there's many times when in the NICU we make changes or uh, uh, go live with initiatives that we think are in the best interest of the patients and families only to find out that we kind of missed the mark because we are lacking their key perspective. Um, so that's, um, once I, I shared kind of what the family advisory council was about and what the commitment was and what we hope to achieve. Um, It didn't take me very long to um, recruit 10 very engaged families. And like uh, Malathi said earlier, we tried to find a diverse group of parents who represented different ethnicities, different socioeconomic backgrounds. Uh, All of their babies had Uh, different diagnoses. And it wasn't all parents of extremely low birth weight infants. We also had parents whose babies were the big chunky babies who uh, maybe were the pulmonary hypertension or meconium aspiration. So we tried to have a good mix so we would get a very uh, well-rounded perspective. um, And it was very successful.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to add um, here, we actually put together a webinar um, uh, in our task force uh, last September. Um, So we invited uh, um, family partners, uh, three of them, they actually shared their unit experience of how to build a family advisory council. Um, So all those webinars are recorded and we put them on our website. Um, So you can go and then share that um, um, recordings with your unit staff. So you can learn more about those, um, how to form the Family Advisory Council. And we also included some of the resources um, of the local unit, um, how they build it and what are the criteria they look for with the parents. Um, So all those information is available on our website.
0: That's great. It's a great way for people to get the information that they need to start a Parent Advisory Council on their unit. And also, to know how that they can utilize them as well um, on on the unit because they have, like Luann said, a lot of times we do have new QI initiatives that we create and it profoundly affects our families, but we don't think about it, right, until after it's implemented and then, oh, this might I don't know, uh, hinder parent bond, mother bonding, you know, and, and that's when we see it. So if you have a parent that's around that can put in their insights and their perspective, um, we can stop those things from happening before we implement them.
2: Yeah, and Jill, you raised a really good point there. Um, I specifically made sure that we had family advisory board parents uh, embedded in our quality improvement council uh, and other key committees and task forces so that there would always be a parent perspective shared um, on the front end of any QI project or planned implementation rather than at, at the end after we had already, you know, kind of laid the groundwork. So, and that proved to be very, very helpful in a lot of projects.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to add to the conversation. Um, So, yeah, if you don't have a committee, if you don't have a, you don't, you don't, you're just basically putting together the um, family-centered care committee or family advisory council, so you don't want it to go and then ask them to involve uh, the families in a QI project because you wanted them to be recruiting and then getting to know the committees. So it's just the way you there is different level of participation. So the some families, they just wanted to be part of this. OK, I can respond to your email. If you have a survey, I can respond to the survey, but I don't have the time commitment to attend the meeting regularly. I don't have a time commitment to involve in the quality improvement. So you have to um, gauge what they really offer you. So there's a different level of participation. Um, so you just have to um, utilize what your families can offer. To you, um, so some families they are really into. They it to be in the level five and getting involved in the quality improvement work. They know what is quality improvement. They know what is process and everything. But some families they don't know those things, so they just wanted to be involved, only um, giving you a feedback on certain project. And um, so you just have to uh, whatever the level of comfort that your families can offer. So that's how you start. So you don't want it to be a family imposed care. So it has to be like a families, they are interested, they wanted to come and then willingly participate.
0: So we mentioned how a change in culture is really difficult and to have a successful family-centered care program, um, that requires very strong initiatives. So how has your task force been successful in implementing a family-centered care program on your unit?
1: Before I expand that to the task force, I just wanted to focus on my local unit, because if you make a change in one unit, and I think you can replicate and then make it happen in the other units. Um, so what we did, as I mentioned, I'm a family-centered care committee chair. I have been um, on this committee leadership for the past six years. And so we implemented several family centered care activities as a part of the key quality improvement work. Um, So I just wanted to share um, what are the things that really helped us to sustain this program for this six years time period. So the main um, thing is a staff buy-in. So we have to really, the staff or the frontline workers, the staff and the physicians are the frontline providers. So we wanted to making sure we reach there, we can can educate them, uh, importance of the family centered care. um, So... And plus, we wanted to encourage them, um, including the family as a part of their care team. So what I've been doing in the past um, four years is we have been recognizing the interdisciplinary staff for their excellent family-centered care work. Um, So we used to do the FCC star and recognizing them as monthly. Um, uh, Now we are doing it quarterly by creating a flyers and posting that on the bulletin boards and distributing to the entire maternal child health departments and giving them a small token of appreciation for their um, uh, extraordinary work related to the family-centered care. That's one way of um, doing the staff buy-in. Um, The other thing is disseminating the information. Whatever you do in the unit, it has to reach to the every single provider in the NICU. So, the some they read email, some they don't read their email, and so it's very hard for us to reach um, to them. So, we created a few way of uh, um, putting together the FCC reminders as a newsletter, um, and it's just a, a quarterly newsletter. It has a uh, um, kudos from the families and kudos from the colleagues and it's just a shout out about the FCC activities that we do in the NICU and some reminders where we can improve on. So those newsletters that we actually put uh, put that in the nurse's lounge and put that in the bathroom and then other areas where they can have a a way of reading those information. Um, So I share the same Newsletter to the uh, C suites. It's a leadership buy-in. So if you don't have the leadership buy-in, you are not going to be successful in any project. So I share those newsletter to the C suites and patient experience personnel and our foundation president and then foundation staff. So just to keeping them in the loop, like what we are doing it, how we are doing it, how it is effect- affecting our families. Um, so it's just a way of. Um, um, of spreading our work. And um, so at the same time, we can sustain this work. One major thing I can say is the um, uh, major thing that we achieved is moved away from the big meetings. So when we hear like a big meetings with the 20, 30 people there, and we don't hear everyone's voices. It's just very hard to hear. So they know they're not going to connect with you and it's uh, it's it's not going to be... Uh, the flow is not great. So we moved away from this large meeting and we created a small subcommittees. So we have a family-centered care leadership team with the medical directors, nursing manager, and clinical nurse specialist and family-centered care chair. But we have a 13 subcommittees under the big umbrella of leadership team so each subcommittee has like a five to six staff nurse. So they own the project. They are accountable for their, um, their work and they, giving them autonomy. They own it and they make it sustain. And that's how we have been doing this um, family-centered care um, activities for the past six years. And I just wanted to share that with everyone. So sometimes it's just hearing from other units and making a small change in your unit. Then you can see the um, changes um, and how you implement the family central care.
0: And to be able to sustain that for six years is quite amazing. And during pandemic too. During pandemic. uh, And during a pandemic. While the rest of us are struggling having family-centered care, you guys are flourishing. And you're getting those kudos. And that, I think, speaks so so much when you have a family member give kudos to staff that that means more than anything so i love how you incorporate that in the newsletter and i especially love how you bring that to administration and the people in the c suite those leaders need to know what we're doing in the nicu and how we are making changes and nothing speaks more than a family you know commending on how well you cared for their baby and how well you've improve that baby. Yeah, family.
1: I forgot to add one more thing. Luan mentioned about the staff shortage, right? So we hire more travelers and new staff coming into the unit. So then it's sometimes they don't even get the uh, full detailed orientation. So they just get a brief information about things that they need to um, do. And so I actually put together the orientation, a refresher, like a FCC, Family Centered Care Orientation Checklist, we provide this family-centered care from starting from antipartum to the NICU admission and discharge and beyond. So each category, we have a checklist that we go through as a part of the orientation for all the staff, including this traveler. So I actually put together a 20-minute video recording of the orientation. So if you don't have a time to do it, one-on-one orientation with me or other FCC leadership team, so you can actually listen to the video and just be aware of what are the things that we do for our families. Um, so that's other area of uh, using the virtual platform. So if you don't have that in-person time commitment, so I'm using that as a recording and virtual platform is other way of uh,
0: um, communicating with the staff. Luann, you're the liaison to um, the task force for NAND. Can you tell us how is NAND becoming more involved in the Family-Centered Care Task Force program?
2: Sure. So I am currently uh, Secretary-Treasurer on the NAND Board of Directors and um, am also the liaison to the AAP section of neonatal and perinatal medicine. And uh, it's through my involvement um, in that section of the AAP that I uh, came across uh, Malathy, and she reached out to me and introduced me to the Family Centered Care Task Force um, and introduced uh, the opportunity of Nan becoming um, a collaborator, sponsor, partner of this important work and um, I myself being very passionate about patient and family centered care uh, brought this back to the NAN board of directors and suggested that NAN uh, support the very important work that the FCC task force is doing so I also volunteered to be the liaison uh, for the task force. And hopes that we can, through NAN, continue to disseminate the information about family-centered care, uh, provide additional resources to NICU nurses, so that if they too want to bring family-centered care into their NICU, they have more opportunities to do so.
0: How does this family-centered care task force differ from all the other organizations that have family-centered care focus? That's an excellent
1: question, Jill. Um, so. As I mentioned earlier, we have this uh, large webinar, large group webinars to just educate the healthcare professionals and family partners and collaboration and just um, helping them to implement their family-centered care activities. In addition to that, we have a small group model. So we have a five small group of thirty-five centers joined this um, as a small collaborative work. So just to, uh, sharing their challenges and barriers on um, implementing the family-centered care committee in their unit. So this each group is led by the two neonatologists and. Uh, one or two family partners and some nursing staff is part of that leadership um, role as well. So they are actually collaborating with the um, centers to hear their challenges and share the stories and success and all those things. So we are helping them to sustain the work and keep the momentum going. It's not going to be lost after the conference. So we are continuing this so they can just help and build their family-centered care committees in their unit. So this is a phase three work. So far we are doing it, and we actually seen the improvement. So we started with only... um, 20% 20% of the centers have family-centered care committee in their unit, and which improved to uh, 35% of the centers, uh, they have a family-centered care committee in their unit within six months time period. Um, so, which is, which is a great start, and that's what we are doing it here. Like, we are not stopping at the overview level. We are going in depth and helping them to form the committee and helping them to get involved in the family-centered care activities.
0: Nurses that are listening, if they feel that their unit could use a family centered care task force, how would they go about contacting? you in order to be part of one of those facilities that can learn and grow and implement this amazing task force?
1: Of course, they can join. And actually, if they go to the task force, the FCC Taskforce.org, so there's a listserv they can join, so they can hear about the webinar, and they can hear about what are the activities happening at the task force level. That's the first step. The second step, if they wanted to join the small group, and we we piloted this as a small 34 centers because all the providers, professionals are volunteer so we wanted to making sure we have a bandwidth to take, up on, take on more centers. So we just started with the 35 centers as a pilot. But phase four, we are actually working on recruiting more centers. If they have interest in joining the task force small group, then they are more than welcome to join the um, task force. So we will open it up on the listserv. If they wanted to join the small group, there is opportunity for them to join.
2: I can say that I was having a conversation with a nurse colleague earlier today about family-centered care and um, she mentioned that there is a has gotten to be somewhat of a negative connotation to that terminology and that some some NICU staff members perceive family-centered care as more about making the parent happy versus collaborating with the parent, Um, and so for that reason, it's um, hard to gain staff buy-in and engagement in family-centered care activities, so I would be curious to hear from you, Malathi, if you have any, if you've experienced that or if you, you know, can validate that perception is out there, and if so, what, how can we help NICUs overcome that? and truly understand what family centered care is all about.
1: Yes, that is that is absolutely right and that's that's how we, when I started this and everybody saying, "Oh, we have been doing this family centered care activities so long and we do this." And, but then actually look at that data of like how you are collaborating with the families and how you are helping them to hold even skin to skin. And um, you when you look at the data, it's not there. Even if you provide it, it's not consistent. It's not across the unit. And it's not getting every single babies and all those uh, intervention that we hope to provide. So that's the reason consistency of care is very important. That's only comes by culture change. So how we can um, educate the family members, or educate the healthcare professionals using the lived experience of family members. So sharing their stories and what really worked for them, how we can improve and implement the family-centered care, that's the best way to go.
0: Excellent advice. Because I, I think that Results speak for themselves. If nurses can see that what they're doing is having a positive effect, I think you see so much more buy in um, with anything you're trying to implement in the unit. So, to hear that family perspective, I think speaks volumes. I said that before, but I would hope that that would kind of bring to light why we're doing what we're doing to the nurses that are a little skeptical because, yes, yeah, so it does take extra time um for family-centered care but that extra time that you put in can provide so much more to that family than we can ever imagine um, so I think we do need to be brought down um, and see uh, from their perspectives how effective our work at has been and just like you said you you send those newsletters out with the kudos that's so important the webinars to be able to hear family perspectives and to see the challenges that other units face um is is very inspiring because you can learn a lot from from failure because i always think failure is a first attempt in learning right and there's so much you can learn from people's um failures and and not just always from their successes so i think that that um Lift serve um, would be proved to be very useful to people um, when they're trying to start this, uh, implement this task force um, and family-centered care on their on their units.
1: I know it sounds overwhelming. I don't wanted that to be like that's the that's the part. I don't wanted the people to like, oh, it's overwhelming to implement the family-centered care. No, you start something small. So you just to start form a committee, just you and one other colleague, just to combine the force and just form the committee and meet regularly and start talking about this. Even the webinar that we are doing, it's free, so you can just to listen to the webinar and, and so share the recording with your um, staff. So it's just sharing those links with your staff, and maybe out of ten. Two might listen to the webinar, and they may be interested to learn more about the family-centered care. So start something small and then expand later on. So don't feel um, discouraged by this overwhelming uh, conversation that we are having here.
0: But once you see one nurse providing excellent care you was in you inspired to be that nurse and to mimic that nurse so you know hopefully the new to practice NICU nurses will see somebody that's more seasoned and how they interact with family and and say like I want to be like her and how can I get there and it's like okay well you can start here and then you can direct them to um that website and they
2: can learn how they can implement it in their own way Mm -hmm. yeah when I when I think about family-centered care I always go back to the Maya Angelou uh, quote um, that goes, it's not about what you said, it's not about what you did, but it's how you make people feel. And speaking from a parent's perspective, um, you know, thinking back to when my own child was in the NICU for three months, that's exactly, um, I mean, that's exactly it. It's not what you do for the families like we talked about earlier, but it's how you make them feel, and do you make them feel like they are part of their baby's care team? Do you make them feel confident? Do you make them feel uh, prepared to take home their baby, regardless of of what uh, medical therapies their baby still requires after discharge? So um, it is it is so important, family-centered care. And so I'm hoping that by NAN supporting the FCC task force, that we can continue to raise awareness and spread information and really help bring family-centered care back to the forefront.
0: Thank you, ladies, so much for sharing your passion on family-centered care and all this amazing, empowering information. So. If you want to implement some of these practice changes to your unit, head over to fcctaskforce.org and you can learn all about it. So thank you, ladies, for inspiring us all. Thank you,
1: Jill, for the opportunity.
0: Make sure you never miss an episode of NANCAST by subscribing now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks for your support and letting us into your ears. Have a great day.